This is the Unstoppable Podcast, where we are dedicated to bringing you comprehensive insight into the ways and purposes of God. We hope this podcast will encourage, equip, and empower you with meaningful insight from the Word of God to receive His promises and live a life without limits. As you realize your potential, you will join a dynamic group of passionate people who are actively bringing the unstoppable power of heaven into the darkest places on earth. Here is your host, Justin Self. Hello and welcome. Um, I'm excited today to continue our series on tongues and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Um, I am just so grateful. Again, thank you for listening. Thank you for being part and taking time out of your day to listen to this podcast. Uh, we are we are just tremendously grateful. You know, I'm very aware that, uh, you know, the things that we're talking about right now can be controversial. And what I really want to do with today's episode is bring the scriptures on the fact that the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues is in fact a second experience or a separate experience from salvation. Um when you, and I admit this is very easy to do when you're reading the scripture kind of casually, it, you know, uh, and if you already are kind of minded towards, okay, there's, there's only one baptism and that's just baptism into the family of God. And there really isn't this baptism, the Holy Spirit business. And, you know, that's all excess. If you kind of think that way already because of teaching or, or that's what you've heard or whatever, I, I agree that when you read the scriptures um, kind of casually, you can kind of, you can justify that. When I've been researching these things um, in preparation for this episode, I was thinking about, okay, well, what, what, what was my story? Like, why did I just jump into this thing both feet? And did I even do the research? And what really happened for me was, um, as I've mentioned in previous podcasts, I, I grew up in a background that didn't, um, didn't uh, speak against the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. Like, they didn't go out of their way to say, oh, well, that's totally wrong. Don't go anywhere near that. To be honest, they just didn't talk about it at all there was complete omission, right? I, I had no idea that the baptism of the Holy Spirit or speaking in tongues was a thing. I didn't even know. So for me, it was just, there, there, it was neutrality. I didn't have teaching along that lines. So when I came to this, this, uh, you know, charismatic church and here they are doing all this stuff and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, is this even scriptural? <laughs> like what is going on here? It really didn't take much for me to take a very serious look at the Bible and say, oh my gosh, like these things are in the Bible and I don't see anything in scripture uh, that says that these things should be done away with. And so I was like, yeah, let's go for it. And so that's all the convincing it took me. I mean, literally, it didn't take that long. I just, I was, there was so much life. I was experiencing life around these people in this church and, you know, people are praying in tongues and it was super weird. I get it. But I just, there was power, there was life, there was joy. And I'm like, my goodness, this must, there must be something to this. I got into the word of God for myself and I couldn't see anything that was against it. And I only saw things in the Bible that were for these types of things. And so with that little minuscule amount of, you know, coercion, I guess, I decided that, yeah, I'm, I'm sold. Like, let's do it. And so I, you know, I jumped in and I, I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. And here we are today. Now, I, I recognize that not everybody um, has that story and not everybody's like that. You know, uh, you might be smarter than I was. Uh, you might be more intelligent. You might be more intellectual or you might have a different story, of course. So what I want to do today is I want to show you some things that I've been able to research and really study out in the scriptures where I really do believe the scripture is actually very clear. The, the more I've researched this, the more I'm like, oh my goodness, uh, this, this is, a, the Bible has a lot to say about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. And I'm really excited to share this, some revelation with you today. Um, 
that I believe I've received about these types of things that really blew my mind. And so I want to start with John chapter 14, verse 17. Okay, so hopefully you have your Bibles. Um, if not, uh, just listen and, and just take the word of God in. But I do encourage you to get your own Bible out and see it for yourself so you know I'm not making it up. Now, I want to show you uh, just two simple, really, this is kind of bird's eye view stuff, but really simple verses where it's like, um, where Jesus is talking, and I believe he's talking about two separate experiences, and I'm going to show you show you why. Uh, so check this out, John 14, 17. Let's back up and I'll do, I'll do verse 16. This is Jesus talking to his disciples uh, the night of his crucifixion, okay? They're talking. This is the last thing he's saying to his disciples. He says, and this is verse 16, he says, and I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. Okay. I want you to notice that verbiage at the end there. Okay. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. He says, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and he will be in you. So he's talking to the disciples who are not yet born again. Okay. And he says, you know him for he dwells with you. Well, how can he dwell with them? if they're not born again. I believe what he's talking about is the fact that Jesus himself had been baptized in the Holy Spirit. We recall that in the, in the Jordan River, uh, John, and actually I'll turn here real quick so I can, I can read it to you verbatim here. This is in John chapter one. And, and John himself, John the Baptist, uh, the baptizer, he saw Jesus coming towards him and he says, behold, the Lamb of God who sin- takes away the sins of the world. And then here it says here in uh, verse 32, John 1, 32, it says, and John bore witness saying, I saw the spirit descending from heaven like a dove and he, the Holy Spirit remained upon him, Jesus. I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, upon whom you see the spirit descending and remaining upon him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. Okay. So point number one, I want you to be aware that there is such a thing as being baptized with the Holy Spirit. Okay. I want to, hopefully what I'm going to do with this podcast is um, shed some light and clear the air about the difference between, you know, baptism in the Holy Spirit, which is what I'm talking about as far as being endued and given power from on high for ministry and for a powerful and victorious life, being clothed with the Holy Spirit and being anointed by the Holy Spirit with power to go out and see miracles, things happen and speaking in tongues comes with that. Okay. Versus the experience of salvation which is when you are baptized by the Holy Spirit into the family of God. That's a difference. There is the baptism of the Holy Spirit into the family of God. And then there is a baptism into the Holy Spirit, which is you're you're getting clothed with the Holy Spirit for power. Okay. And I'm going to be really, I'm I'm going to try to be careful with my words on this because I know it, you know, baptism of the Holy Spirit, baptism in the Holy Spirit. I I don't think I can keep it all straight, but I I, want to share with you what I've, what I've learned um, about those two separate experiences. So in John chapter 14, let's go back here. It says, uh, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. I believe when he was saying he dwells with you, he's talking about himself. Jesus himself is baptized uh, in power with the Holy Spirit. So Jesus himself has been clothed with the Holy Spirit with power. And I believe that's what he meant when he says, Hey, he dwells with you because at the time they were not born again right? They were not born again. They did not have the Holy Spirit residing inside them. So how could they do, he dwell with them? I think it was because Jesus dwelt, dwelt with him. 
Um, and, you know, Jesus lived with these guys and, and so they knew him, they knew of the Holy Spirit. They knew they saw the Holy Spirit through what Jesus did and his lifestyle and just his presence. And so they knew him, but notice this, it says, for he dwells with you and will be in you. In the Greek, there is no mistaking this. This is a future tense thing. It says he will be in you, inside you. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. It says, do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells in you? So when you're born again, this, the Holy Spirit comes to dwell in you. Okay. That's a very, I know a lot of us are like, duh, dude, I know that. Um, this is a very important distinction. Okay. We're looking at John chapter 14 and it says that he will dwell in you. So the disciples were not born again, but at some point they're going to get born again and the Holy Spirit will dwell in them. This is, I know you guys think I'm, you might think that I'm, I'm beating a dead horse here, but I'm really trying to get some points across to those of you who really uh, are still a little bit doubtful or skeptical about, you know, uh, this business about uh, being baptized by the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues. And what is that? Is that even important today? Is that even necessary today? Basically, I think what I'm trying to say is that because I believe the Bible does speak about these things as separate experiences and that Jesus himself is personally involved in both of these experiences, yes, it's essential. Essential. And let me just take a quick side trip. I know I mentioned this on another episode, but no, uh, we're not saying that to be born again, you have to be clothed with power of the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues. That is not, to say that would not be scriptural. Nothing in the Bible says that. To be born again into the family of God, right? You receive Jesus Christ as your savior. We're preaching the, the, the plain gospel here with that. Okay, so there's no, there's no, no way around that, you know. Uh, being baptized in the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, manifestations of the Holy Spirit and the like, those things are not, uh, by scripture, they're not required for someone to, uh, you know, have remission of sins and go to heaven or anything like that. Th those, those things are not a requirement for that. However, I do believe, I know this is kind of silly, but I really do believe that, um, you know, a person who's born again, who's received uh, remission of sins, you know, received the atonement of Jesus, uh, man, if they don't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, uh, that doesn't disqualify them from heaven. No, no way. Uh, but <laughs> this is kind of funny, but yeah, I, I believe they'll get there quicker. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm being silly, but I'm serious. Without the baptism of the Holy Spirit with speaking tongues and walking in power, um, man, you even though you're a Christian and you've been born again and you've received the greatest miracle and your spirit is born again, and you do have the Holy Spirit dwelling inside you, man, you, you're not walking in the power of God that knocks out I mean, we can, we're talking about casting out devils, we're talking about healings, and we're talking about walking in health and wholeness. And, and again, I don't want to try to open a can of worms and say that, well, you know, you're only going to experience the power of God inside of the baptism of the Holy Spirit with speaking in tongues. Uh, we know we have, there's many stories that we've heard of, you know, people who aren't, haven't ex gone through this experience or haven't, you know, uh, been baptized in the Holy Spirit with speaking in tongues, and they still experience the power of God. Praise God. That's awesome. I'm just saying, this is something where if, you, you know, we see the disciples who, before they received the Holy Spirit, they were, even after they were born again, they were still hiding, you know, hiding out and, in, in you know, and, and, and not, not really full of power yet. Right. And we're getting to that. We're getting to that. Okay. So I'm, I'm backing up here. So what I wanted to make a point about John 14, 17 is that he, he said, he's speaking to the disciples of their born again experience that he will dwell in you. Holy Spirit will dwell in you. That is a description of the born again experience. Okay. Let's go to Acts chapter one. And I'm gonna read verse five. This is Jesus talking again. Uh, let me actually back up to verse four. Uh, this is Luke 
uh, talking. And then in verse five, Jesus starts talking. You'll see. It says, and being assembled together with them, he, Jesus, commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise that's, that's the Holy Spirit, the promise of the Father, which he, Jesus, said, you have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And then verse 8, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Okay, that is is the description right there, the definition of the baptism of the Holy Spirit that I'm speaking of when I talk about speaking in tongues and the manifestations of the, of the Spirit, because it says you shall receive power, okay? Two separate things. Receiving power uh, is different than being born again. Uh, okay, so I want to draw your attention to Luke chapter 24, 49. And this is Jesus talking again. He says, behold, I send the promise of my father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued, E-N-D-U-E-D, endued with power from on high. Again, this is totally talking about a different thing. Um, and I want to make a point too. When he, when he says these words, and I'm going to prove it to you in just a moment, this is just before Jesus went up into heaven. This is literally moments before he, uh, he, was, he was raised up and ascended into the clouds and was received up into heaven. Okay. Now, why does that matter? Okay. John chapter 20, if you can keep up, Hey, hopefully you're keeping up with this. I got a lot of scripture today because I'm trying to prove something to you. I really want to show you from scripture guys. I, I, let me, let me just say this really quick too. Uh, some of you, you know, maybe you don't think I'm, I'm a great speaker anyway, and that's fine. <laughs> but if I were a really, really good speaker, or if you're listening to someone who's a really good speaker and maybe they're really convincing or something, don't take what they say and just go for it no matter how awesome it is, right? If I'm saying something to you and you're just like, wow, this is so awesome. I'm just going to take what Justin says and I'm going to go for it. Uh, don't do that. Go to the scripture. You've got to go to the word of God yourself. I hope that what I'm doing is encouraging you and stirring you up and getting you to think differently and challenging your thinking from the scriptures. That's my job is to challenge you and to kind of get you thinking in a different direction and encourage you and say, hey, there's more. There's more to your life. There's more to what God wants to do in your life. And here's where you can find it in the word of God. That's my job. My job isn't to change your life. My job is to point you and help you and redirect and encourage you to get into the word of God for yourself. And that way, the Holy Spirit can come and do what he wants to do in your heart. I can't do that for you. You're the only one who can get into the word and get the revelation yourself. Man, I hope that's helping someone today. So, no matter how awesome this is for you or how lame it is for you, my goal is to get you into the scripture yourself. That's why I'm using so much scripture. Get into it yourself. Ask the Lord about these things and let him change your mind and let him just change you and rock your world, okay? Total side thing, totally important. Now check this out. This is super cool. This is actually when the disciples were born again. Have you ever wondered about when the disciples were born again? At what point did they receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior, right? It had to be after he was ascended, but do we know anything about that? I want to share something with you. I think it's going to blow your mind. This is awesome. I'm going to share with you what I believe is the mechanism of a person getting born again. I think that this is a description of what actually happens when a person gets born again. You're going to love this. Okay, listen to this. This is uh, John chapter 20, and this is verse 19 through 21. Okay, check this out. It says, then on the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, this is the day that Jesus rose from the dead. 
when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst of them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. I bet they were. Verse 21. So Jesus said to them again, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. Verse 22. This is it right here. And when he had said this, he breathed on them. And he said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. I'm going to stop right there. This is them getting born again. This is the this is when the disciples received Jesus as their Lord and Savior. They may have believed about it before. They may have, you know, worshiped him and honored him and said all the right things with their mouth. But friend, I'm here to tell you until you receive the Holy Spirit, and I'm talking about receiving the breath of God into your life, until you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior and the Holy Spirit does the work inside you, you are not born again until that happens. Friend, you can say what you want. You can go to church all you want. You can have people pray for you all you want. You can wish that you were born again. You can ask to be born again. You can ask God to save you. You are not saved until you receive the Holy Spirit. Now, again, that's not, please don't take that out of context and say, well, Justin's saying that if you don't receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit with speaking in tongues, he just said it right there. If you, if you don't receive the Holy Spirit, you're not born again. Okay, that's what this podcast is about. I am trying to differentiate these two experiences. This experience in John chapter 20, verse 22, when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. That is the mechanism by which a person is born again. Now check this out. Let's go back to Genesis chapter two. Oh, this is so much fun. Verse seven, chapter two, verse seven, the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils. Did you catch that? God breathed into his nostrils, the breath of life and man became a living being. So when mankind was first created by God, he breathed into Adam's nose, nostrils, the breath of life, and Adam became a living being. That's the difference between humans and animals and bugs and trees. Yes, all these things might be, quote, alive, right? Animals, you know, might, have, might, might be alive and have personalities, but they don't have the breath of life. God didn't breathe the breath of life into an animal. He breathed the breath of life into Adam breathed into him, gave him a spirit. Animals don't have spirits. We talk about spirit animals and all this. They don't have spirits. They might have souls or personalities or emotions and all those types of things. You know, if you have a dog or especially a cat, you know they have personalities and emotions. But God breathed the breath of life into Adam and he became a living being. Now, when you and I were born into this world, we had that spirit, right? Spirit, soul, and body. We are spirit, soul, and body creatures. And what it takes to be born again is for Jesus to breathe into our spirits again, to be born again. That's what it means to be born again. Your spirit is born again. I hope that encourages you, man. That is revelation to me. Fairly recently, that is revelation to me that that's how it happens. That when he breathes on us, just as it was in the beginning with God breathing into Adam's nostrils, the breath of life, and Adam became a living being and he received his spirit, which then fell because of he sold out to Satan through the fall of, of uh, Adam and Eve in the garden. And so, and because of that, you can re read Romans chapter five and, and read up on this whole thing. But because of the sin of one man, Adam, the rest of mankind was tainted by that sin. And we all became born into this world with a sinful nature. Our spirits were not born into the family of God when we were physically born. Our spirits were born into the kingdom of the devil. That's just how it was. It wasn't because of our sins. It, was, it wasn't anything. It was because of Adam's sin. Now, 
Does that excuse anything? No, of course not. Uh, again, go to Romans chapter one and you can read about how everybody is, is without excuse. I'm getting off topic, but uh, I just want to encourage you that this is a mechanism by which we are born again is that Jesus actually breathes a new life into our spirits. And so this is them getting born again. Now, notice that they had already been born again, okay, because of John chapter 20, verse 22. They had already been born again when Jesus said his words in Acts chapter one, where it says, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. He said that after they were born again. After. It can't refer to the same thing. Being baptized with the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, which is what I'm getting to here, that cannot be the born again experience because Jesus already breathed into them. He breathed them and he said, it received the Holy Spirit. Now, I do want to mention this. People who are proponents of, uh, you know, okay, well, there's, there's, no, there's none of this baptism of the Holy Spirit business, um, speaking in tongues and all these kinds of things. What you're talking about, Justin, is, is baptism into the family of God. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. Well, I, I agree with that statement. The Holy Spirit does baptize us into the, into the family of God. We just need to rightly divide the word and see what the difference is between these events. Okay, here's an example. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13, it says this. It says, for by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. That's the body of Christ. Whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and, and we have all been made to drink into one spirit. I agree with that. That is talking about the family of God. The Holy Spirit is the one who baptizes us into the family of God. I hope, I hope this is blessing you. Um, my, my point, again, was to really just use a lot of scripture to, to really differentiate these things. So hopefully, hopefully this is, um, man, this is building me up. I'm, I'm just, I'm getting excited just talking about this. All right, so check this out. This is one scripture that people use to say that there's no such thing as this baptism of the Holy Spirit business. There's just one baptism. And man, that is into the body of Christ. This is a scripture that they use. This is Ephesians chapter four, verse four and following. It says, there is one body and one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. Okay. Yeah. I, I, it does say one baptism. Absolutely. It does. I'm going to point out the fact that that is a baptism, again, into the body of Christ. It's talking here about one baptism, one faith, one Lord, one God, one Father, one Spirit, one body, right? This is the one baptism that gets you into the body of Christ. Immersion. Baptism means immersion, permanent, total immersion. Now, I want to encourage you as well. This is really cool. The word baptism uh, in the Greek, uh, of course, bap bapto and baptizo, those are two different words. Bapto is actually used as um, very rarely, and it's used to, to describe something that is just dipped for just a moment, right? Dip, bapto is just a dipped. Baptizo means to immerse. Here's a, here's a word picture of what that might look like. And if you've been reading the blogs, you, you may recognize this from one of the blogs. Um, in fact, one of the earlier uh, uh, understanding that we have regarding these two words. Uh, there's a manuscript and it's actually a manuscript for a pickle recipe. Have you ever made pickles? Jenny and I, we, we used to make pickles all the time. That was so much fun. My friend, Aaron, who has been on the podcast before, he showed us how to make pickles one year. And it's just, oh, it's just so much fun to make pickles. <laughs> and the way you make pickles is uh, one way to do it is you have boiling water. You take a cucumber and you dip, you bapto, right? You dip the cucumber into the boiling water just for a moment but then you baptize the pickle into the vinegar solution. You see what I'm saying? You might dip it in their bapto for just a second, but then you baptizo 
immerse the thing into the vinegar solution, pack them all in there, seal the lid, and then let it sit. And it does its work. That's the word picture that we have. I mean, that's literally a Greek translation of the word baptizo, which is what we're talking about when we say the word baptize. So this is a permanent immersion. And so when we talk about Ephesians chapter four, it says there's one baptism. We're talking, man, there's one way into heaven. There's one way into righteousness with God. One way, one baptism. Baptism of the Holy Spirit with speaking in tongues doesn't get you there. And I'm here and I'm actually going to show you that that can't actually happen until you're born again. That is actually a subsequent, a second experience, but you have to be born again first. And so, yeah, there's, there's no way to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit with speaking in tongues and all these things and have that be like the only way to God. That doesn't make sense. That doesn't work. Scripture doesn't say that. Scripture says there is one baptism into the body of Christ, and that is through the Holy Spirit, uh, through, through being born again and having the Lord breathe on you. Now, another, what I want to, if you're still not satisfied, if you're still saying, hey, that scripture, Justin, says one baptism. I am hearing you talk about multiple baptisms. What's your problem? Let me just point this out. Hebrews chapter six, okay, verse one and two. This is uh, the, the, uh, the writer is talking about the foundations. Listen to this. It says, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God of the doctrine of baptisms, plural. There, there are multiple baptisms for the Christian, right? There are. There's baptism in water. That is a baptism. Uh, there is the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which we're talking about right now. And then, of course, there's the baptism that we have been talking about, which is the baptism into the body of Christ, okay? So, in order, it would go the baptism into the body of Christ. That's you getting born again. That's number one. And then the next two, number two and number three, can actually happen in any order, or they can happen at the same time sometimes. We've, we, I mean, I've seen people that get baptized in water and baptized in the Holy Spirit at the, the exact same time. And again, I mentioned this on the last, last episode that uh, in, uh, in Acts chapter 10 with Cornelius' household, they received the baptism into the body of Christ and the baptism of speaking in tongues. I mean, almost exactly at the same time. They didn't even get water baptized until after. So they did, you know, number two and number three were in reverse order. And then number two and number one were almost at the same exact moment. But we know from scripture that you can only be baptized in the Holy Spirit with speaking in tongues after you've been born again. For it says, and I'm skipping ahead, but let's just go for it. We're just, we're just on this train. We're going to go. In John 14, it talks about how, uh, how the, the world cannot receive the Holy Spirit but the world can receive Christ. So if you can't receive the Holy Spirit, if you're part of the world, but you can receive the Holy Spirit, we're talking about the gift, uh, we're talking about speaking in tongues and those types of things. Uh, you can receive that once you're born again, okay? Again, I am doing my best to keep this stuff straight. I know it's a lot of scripture. I, I hope I'm not confusing you, but I really want to hammer on this because there's so much, uh, so much to say about this. And I think once we realize that the man, these are two separate experiences and they're for us today. There's nothing in scripture that says that they're gone. Scripture is very clear that these are experiences for us today. And once we see that and we recognize that, I think that's going to go a long way towards um, encouraging us to be like, maybe the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit with speaking in tongues is for today's Christian. Maybe it is essential. That's what I'm, that's my prayer. Now, I want to go into, this is really cool. Um, in Luke 24, 49, it talks about, uh, Jesus talks about having them wait in Jerusalem, right? Wait, tarry in Jerusalem until you are endued with power. So, I want to point out this word endued with power, okay? This is a major thing here, major, this, this revelation changed my life. 
Absolutely changed my life. Listen to this. The Greek for the word endued is the word enduo, E-N-D-Y-O. It looks like endio, but it's actually enduo. And listen to what it means. It means to sink into clothing or to put on something or to clothe oneself with something. Okay, let's read that again. I'm going to read the scripture. It says, Jesus said to them to, to wait and to tarry into Jerusalem until they would be clothed with power. Okay, remember how we talked about how in John chapter 20, they were born again. But now in Luke 24, 49, this is just before he's ascended. Okay, remember John, uh, John 20, John 20 was when they were still in the room, the upper room, the same day that he had been uh, raised from the dead, same day. This is 40 days later. Jesus had had, had a ministry on, on the earth for 40 days post-resurrection. He appeared to many people. He said, the Bible says he appeared to 500 or more people, you know, and all sorts of stuff happened in those 40 days. Okay. Then Luke 24, 49 is when he is the day of his ascension. So we, these are definitely two different uh, time periods. So they get born again. They're born again for 40 days. This is their 40th day of being born again. And then Jesus says, listen, wait in Jerusalem. Don't go anywhere. Don't tell anybody about me. Don't even be my witnesses in Jerusalem. Don't be my witnesses to anybody until you are clothed with power. Friends, I am here to tell you, you can be born again and you can, and, and not be clothed with power at the same time. I know that doesn't bless some of you. I know that's not encouraging to some of you. You're thinking, oh my gosh, I've been born again for how long and I haven't even been clothed with power. I'm just reading scripture. I am. I just want to encourage you with the word of God. This is what Jesus said. He said, don't go out there and do anything until you are clothed with power from on high. And he's speaking to born again people. Brother and, brothers and sisters, I am here to tell you that this, this is for you. This is for you today. Be clothed with the Holy Spirit. Man, listen to this. This is this is so cool. In Luke chapter 15, remember the story of the prodigal son? This is the son who demanded his father's inheritance, you know, half of his father's inheritance, or well, it wasn't half, but you know, the, the part that was due to him, the younger brother, went off and spent it all and wasted it on prodigal living and ended up living in this swine trough and just eating, you know, wishing that he could feed his mouth with the pods that the, the pigs ate. Nobody would help him or anything. And he came to his senses and he's like, man, I'm going to go back to my father. At least my father's servants were well fed. At least they weren't starving to death. I'll, I'll go back to my father and I'm going to say to him, father, I am not worthy to be called your son. Just make me one of your hired servants. That's all I ask. I've, I've sinned against God. I've sinned, sinned against you. I'm a mess. So he practices the I'm sorry speech. He gets off on foot and he starts walk, walk, walking, travel, travel, traveling. Every day he doesn't, he doesn't understand that his father had been looking for him keeping his eye out for him, right? He walks and he gets closer. Finally, he gets within view of his father's house. His father looks out again for the millionth time, wishing his son would come home. And he sees his son, runs out to him. The son starts to get sorry speech. I'm sorry speech. The father cuts him off. And this is what the father says. It says, but the father said to his servants, bring forth the best robe and put it on him. That's the same word in duo. Enduo him with the best robe. Put a ring on his finger and shoes on his feet. Friends, when we come to Jesus, when we come to our senses and we receive uh, salvation from the Lord, when he breathes on us and then we're baptized into his family again after being lost and after being gone into the kingdom of darkness, when I am preaching here, when we, when we come back to the Lord, when we come to the Lord and we're baptized into his family again, what's the first thing that he does? The first thing this father does is in duo his son with a robe. 
the power of the infilling of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He clothes us with the robe. Then he gives us the ring. Well, what does the ring represent? It represents the authority of the believer. We're going to talk about that in future episodes. But the authority that he gives today's believer is, friends, absolutely incredible. We haven't even begun to scratch the surface of what it means to be walking in the authority of God. He's given us to be set at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Read chapter uh, Ephesians chapter 1 and 2. Read Colossians chapter 2. Uh, read these things and, and let the Lord do these things in you. But we have been given the authority. Uh, let me let me share, let's see, let me share a story about the authority real quick. And this will tie in actually really quick. This will tie in with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, being endued with power, okay? So something happens when you know that you're clothed with the power of the Holy Spirit. Number one, you know that you, you're you walking in power because the Holy Spirit is with you doing things, moving, and he gives you these impulses. He gives you these ideas. He gives you, he gives you these prompts, you know, pray. It's time to pray. I was talking to someone this morning. They were like, the Lord keeps me, waking me up in the middle of the night and says to pray and pray now. Well, she doesn't know exactly what she's praying sometimes. She's praying in tongues, praying in other tongues. But we're, but she's praying. The Holy Spirit wants to partner with somebody on the earth to pray at that moment. There's somebody who needs something. We don't know. We won't know until heaven. We'll know someday. All those times the Lord wakes you up in the middle of the night, says, pray, listen, listen, do it. Be obedient. Don't let that voice quiet down. You know, don't, don't get to the point where you stop hearing his voice in the middle of the night. You stop hearing his voice in the morning, asking you to pray, get up with him, spend time with him and pray. Don't get hard. Don't get, you know, don't, don't sear yourself, you know, and, and thicken yourself and harden yourself to that voice. And friend, if you have, I encourage you, it's not too late. Just get right back on the track, on the track, <laughs> get right back with the Lord. Say, I'm sorry. I repent. I've, I've allowed myself to not listen and to not be sensitive to the things of the spirit. I've let life get in the way. I've let things happen, but Lord, I repent. Use me, use me in prayer. I want to spend time with you. I want to be moved by the impulses of the spirit. I want to make a difference on this earth. Friend, it's not too late. I believe that's for somebody who's listening right now. But what I'm saying is that, uh, you know, the Lord wakes us up. And so one time, uh, Jenny and I were, I think we were just about to go to bed or maybe we were in bed or something. It was like 11 or midnight. I'm sure I was asleep. And she wakes me up and she's, she's like, Justin, what, <laughs> what, <laughs> you know, we, I need, we need to pray. We need to pray right now. I'm like, okay, fine. Let's pray. So we just sit up. We just start praying in tongues and praying in, you know, and I'm like, what are we praying about? She's like, we're praying over Israel. I'm like, okay. But she just was, was praying out in tongues, but she's also started praying out in English and she just started, you know, interpreting her prayers and, and doing things. And one of the things she was praying was that uh, missiles would be blown off course. I'm like, okay. And that they would be blown into the sea. Okay, cool. You know, so I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with that, you know, I'm praying for that, you know, and praying, praying all over the place. And so we prayed, 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 prayed. And then, you know, at some point we, we just, we felt victory in that area. We, we just feel the joy of the Lord and just gladness and, uh, and just kind of this note of victory, this triumph in the spirit, right? This is, this is what I'm talking about, power in the spirit. And, uh, and so we, we were done. We went to sleep. And I don't remember if it was like the next day or if it was a couple days after it was, but it was for sure within a couple days, uh, we, we saw this thing on the news. So this article was written and it had an interview with an iron dome operator. And this guy was, you know, working on his, you know, whatever computer radar or whatever. And I mean, guys, I'm, I'm not making this up, but you can't make this stuff up. So he's, he's talking about, um, how there was a missile coming inbound. And so they, tried to inter intercept it like they always do. But for some re weird reason, it, it missed. 
uh, the Iron Dome didn't didn't knock it out, didn't intercept it. And so this missile was inbound to a populated area. And I, in the article, uh, the Iron Dome operator, I mean, I guess he like threw up his hands and was just like, oh God, like, like save us or something like this is going to, this is going to hurt some people here. And he said in the interview, he said that he watched on the radar as suddenly and miraculously that missile was blown off course by a strong wind and it blew it into the sea and it just dropped right into the sea and he was blown away. And you know, they were given glory to God. That was literally the next day or the day after we had this moment where the Lord woke us up and spoke to us and we prayed and prayed and gave us the interpretation about a missile in Israel coming down, getting blown off course and into the sea. You cannot make this stuff up. Friend, I'm here to tell you, this is, we were, you know, being clothed with the spirit, uh, the authority of the believer. Okay. This all comes into play. Um, these are the, we should be doing, we should be operating at this level. This is normal Christianity, guys. This isn't for, for super saints. This isn't for someone super spiritual. This isn't for the, the professional intercessor or whatever. You know, this is for you and me. This is for everyday Christians. This is Christianity 101, walking in our authority. When the, when the boy came back to his father, the first thing he did, he didn't have to serve God for 50 years. He didn't have to go to church for 50 years. This guy came to the Lord, right? We're talking about the father, you know, father figure uh, being a type and shadow of the Lord. He came to the father. He repented. And the father immediately gave him the robe, clothed him in honor, clothed him with power, gave him a ring on his finger and shoes on his feet. Isaiah 52, seven says, how beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who proclaims peace, who brings glad tidings of good things and who proclaims salvation and who says to, to Zion, your God reigns. When you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the second experience, this is separate from uh, re- receiving redemption and uh, being baptized into the family of God, you are ready. I mean, you are endued with power. You are clothed with the spirit and you are given shoes. And that is when we can, we can go out and, and minister. Now, am I saying that if you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues, you shouldn't be ministering to other people? Well, I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm not, I'm not saying that, but I do want to make a point here. I do want to make a point here about that. And I think this, this will really encourage you. Um, this is kind of a hard one for me, but I think this is, I think this is good. Notice how he says, how Jesus says in, oh, excuse me, here we are in our Acts chapter one, uh, verse four says, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise. So I want to, I want to make sure that you understand that, uh, Jesus specifically told his disciples not to go out and preach in his name at all until after they were clothed with power. I think that's really significant. Uh, honestly, I think that is a, that's a hard one. Now, are we saying that you, you can't go out and minister to somebody if you, no, I'm not, I, I'm not, I'm not trying to come out and, and, and say that, but I, I do want to point out the fact that Jesus did specifically tell the disciples not to go out and speak and preach and do anything until they received power. And then once they received power, they were then equipped to go out and to minister. Now, I want to say this, being baptized into the family of God, as we read earlier in, uh, in, in, in first Corinthians about how, uh, when you are born again, the Holy spirit comes to live within you. He will dwell in you. John chapter 14, verse 17, he will dwell in you, right? He will dwell in you. And then when you're born again, your body becomes the temple of the Holy spirit because he's dwelling in you. Okay. So here's the, here's the thing. When you're born again, 
the Holy Spirit comes to dwell in you. But when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, you dwell in him because you're being clothed with him. Now think about that for a little bit. The Holy Spirit comes inside you to dwell in you and live in you. But the idea is, is after that experience, you are to be clothed. You and I, friend, are to be clothed with and to dwell in the Holy Spirit. How does it work? He's dwelling in you. I'm dwelling in him. <laughs> you know, this whole thing. I don't know. Read John, John chapter uh, 15. <laughs> also kind of 14 to 50, you know, says the same thing. I and him and he and me and me and the father are one and we're going to dwell in you and we're going to dwell in him. This whole dwelling and him and I, you know, I get it. Like it's a little confusing totally, but I really want to encourage you when the Holy Spirit comes to dwell in you, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And that is what uh, is the born again experience, but it's a separate experience to dwell in the Holy Spirit. That is to be clothed with the Holy Spirit. And that is the power. You're being clothed with the robe of righteousness. Well, excuse me, let me back up. You are clothed with the robe of righteousness when you're born again, right? Because you are born again. See, guys, I'm even having a hard time articulating it. And I think that's been part of our issues over the years is that we've kind of taken everything in the scripture uh, in the New Testament regarding the new birth uh, and shaken it into a bag and just poured the bag out and said, well, it's all part of the same thing. And I'm even having to renew my mind to some of these things, but there are differences and we have to be careful. I'm, I'm not just being nitpicky. I'm not just being an engineer, you know, and just picking every little thing apart. I'm telling you, God doesn't waste words and he doesn't, he doesn't do things um, halfway right? He doesn't do things without a purpose. There's a reason why these things are talked about as, as separate experiences, okay? The multiple baptisms, right? There's a reason, you know, God has reasons for these. And my point here with this whole thing, I want to encourage you that he has a promise for us to be baptized into the family of God, of course, but also baptized into the Holy Spirit. Here's a word picture I want to I share with you, okay? So John chapter four, Jesus uh, meets a Samaritan woman at the well, right? And he's talking to her. And this is what he says. He says, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. And I'm going to skip ahead a little bit to verse 13. Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water, talking about the, the water in the well, will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. So Jesus gives the word picture of a fountain uh, or a well, right? Because he's sitting at a well, but he's talking about the water that he will give to a person will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. I don't think it gets any more clear than that. So he's talking about uh being born again, the new birth will become a, 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 a wellspring, a, a spring of living water, a fountain of living water springing up on your inside uh, to, that where, where you can come and drink, right? You can come and drink. You'll never thirst again, right? We're talking about, you know, you never thirst again. You're uh, in the, in the family of God. So uh, that is the born again experience. Now let's skip ahead to John chapter seven, verse 37 and following. This is another water picture, but I, I think you're going to see very clearly that this is talking about some different experience. It's not talking about a fountain. This is different. Verse 27 of John chapter seven. On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart or out of his belly or out of his spirit will flow rivers of living water. 
First time he talked about fountains. Now we're talking about rivers. Listen to this, verse 39. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. What I want to make a point out in this case is that there, we have a fountain of living water, and then we have rivers of living water. And I believe the fountain of living water is the born again experience where you are baptized into the family of God and you've received salvation from sins, sinful nature. You've received a new spirit. No longer do you have this brackish, nasty, undrinkable, bitter water of your spirit. There's no life in there because you're part of the kingdom of darkness, but you've now been born again into the family of God. And you now have in your spirit, you have a wellspring, a fountain of living water that springs up into everlasting life. Now, on the other hand, we have over here, Jesus talking about rivers of living water. Well, a river is not the same as a fountain or a well, a river that flows. And notice he doesn't just say river. He said rivers, plural, out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. Notice that the well or the fountain is for you to drink and for you to be nourished and for you to personally have that life. But when you have rivers of living water flowing out, notice it doesn't say flowing in for you to enjoy yourself. It says flowing out of your belly. This is for ministry. This is for other people. This is an endowment of power upon your life, the clothing within the Holy Spirit. You are being clothed into the Holy Spirit as we saw a moment ago for ministry, for walking in power, for seeing things happen. Like I told you the prayer about the missile, you know, these things, rivers of living water flowing out. Well, rivers feed nations. They feed people groups, rivers, uh, whole communities uh, set up their their homes by rivers, right? Yeah, you'll, you'll get a village that might set up by a fountain or something, you know, you and your family, you know, might be changed in this, that, and the other. Um, But man, I want rivers to flow out of my belly. I want to feed the nations. I mean, I want to have something. I mean, my goodness, I'm from the uh, Southwest Washington area. And we had the Columbia River, such rich history by the Columbia River. It goes from Canada all the way down and, you know, Idaho and everything else. And, you know, of course, Washington, Oregon, my goodness, um, there are so many settlements and histories and fishing and commerce and all this kind of stuff by the river. I seriously doubt that you could fit that much. I mean, I know you can't fit that much uh, ec- uh, economic growth and people groups and all these types of things around a fountain, a single fountain. No, no, the river is meant to bless and to encourage and to bring life to multiple areas. And I'm here to tell you, friend, being, being born again is, of course, the number one thing, man. If you're not born again, you got to get born again. Receive Jesus. Receive the baptism into the family of God. Be baptized into the family of God. Be baptized uh, into uh, the brotherhood, the sisterhood, you know, of the family of God. That way you can be, uh, your spirit's born again and you can spend eternity with the Lord. That's the number one thing. If you're missing that, you are missing everything. But once you are born again, my friend, get baptized in water and get baptized in the Holy Spirit. Baptism in water is so important. Uh, That is a, uh, you know, it's a declaration in the spirit realm and also in the natural realm that you are no longer a slave to sin, but you are drawing a line in the sand. And from this day forth, friends, I am going to be, uh, you know, I am with Jesus. I am on his side. I choose life. I do not choose death. There is a demarcation line. I am no longer under the kingdom of darkness. This is a declaration, friends, to Satan and all his demons. So water baptism is incredibly important. Very, very powerful. 
we we have not been very strong on this in the last years, I think, friends, as as, as the body of Christ. You know, water baptism, an outward expression of an inward reality. Great. What does that mean? I'm telling you, there are spiritual implications to these things. I think we need to take it more seriously. Being water baptized is no joke. Now, of course, baptism in the Holy Spirit is what I'm talking about. And I'm saying that is, ab- I am saying that it's essential. Okay. I'm not saying in scripture anywhere, you know, Jesus says, thus saith the Lord, you know, you have to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues for, for this, that, and the other. But I'm telling you, if you look at scripture, I think it's very, very clear that these are separate experiences and that Jesus made a point to tell his disciples, do not go anywhere. Don't do anything. Don't even minister in my name. Don't do a thing without uh, the promise of the Holy Spirit and without being endued and clothed with the power of the Holy Spirit from on high. And friends, I want to encourage you, if you want to flow in these things and have rivers of living water flowing out of your belly and fulfill your calling in life and walk in the calling of God on your life and walk in power and overcome the devil uh, in every area, be clothed with the Spirit. Be baptized in the Holy Spirit. It's so simple. Just ask. Just ask the Lord. Say, Lord, I want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. I want that. That's a gift. The Bible says to earnestly desire the best gifts. I want them. I want those gifts. And he's so faithful. He'll baptize you. He'll give it to you. He'll fill you with his power and you'll be radically changed. Like I said in the first podcast in the series that being born again, of course, was was spiritually the most important thing that happened to my life. But the second most important thing, and in fact, the the thing that really changed me as a person, uh, I mean, my my body, my mind, and what really got me rolling and going and just, I mean, the power of the Holy Spirit. I started ministering to people. I mean, I'm talking rivers of living water. That happened. That did not happen until I was baptized in the Holy Spirit and started speaking in tongues. So we're going to go into some of these things more in future episodes. Hope that encourages you. Hope that answers some questions. I love you. I bless you. I'm praying for you. Please check us out online and um, check out our uh, our Patreon page as well. Um, we're so thankful for our partners. If you're not a partner yet, please consider being a partner. Join with us financially. Help us take this gospel, take the word of God, take these things to the ends of the earth. Love you, bless you, praying for you. We'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Unstoppable Podcast. For more resources, including previous episodes, blogs, and free downloadable content, visit us at unstoppableblog.net. You can also find us on Facebook at Unstoppable Blog. We hope this podcast has encouraged, equipped, and empowered you with meaningful insight from the Word of God to receive His promises and live a life without limits.